0: Thanks for stopping by today. My name is Jeremy Griffin, the Ministry and Operations Director here at Redux Church. If you're looking for a local church to become a part of in your area and just haven't found the place you feel God is leading you to, consider reaching out to us here at Redux. We know lots of great places and would love to assist you in finding the place God has for you. On the other hand, you may be here right now because you've become a bit disenchanted with church. And if that's the case, maybe Redux is the place for you. We are a real church in a virtual world. While we don't meet every week in the traditional sense, we do have a community online where you can chat, ask questions, and connect with others like yourself. We do, on occasion, meet in person for small group discussions and special worship and prayer events, but new Redux discussions are available every Friday morning online. In any case, we are glad you're here now. And if we can do anything to serve you, please let us know. You can contact us anytime online
1: at redux.church. God bless. You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. And we want to
0: thank you for joining us on another uh, chapter of the Redux Church uh, uh, Conversations. We're in uh, the book of John still, and joining me today are Wayne and John. Hey. Hey. Not the author. Had to make the joke again. (laughs) If you're with us for the first chapter, <laughs> John and I talked about that. Um, so yeah, we're in chapter eight. Uh, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I like, I always say this every time we start. I'm excited about this one. This is one, but I always say that. But uh, this one's going to be, I think this one's going to be really good. Um, If you guys haven't done it already, take a second, go ahead and stop the video. You can jump online at redux.church, or you can go to your favorite source. But take some time and worship today. It's the only thing we can give to God is our worship. And in fact, it's your unique gift. John and Wayne, neither one can worship for me, right? I'm the only one that can worship God and give him my worship. So it's truly the most unique thing about existence in my mind. That's right. So anyway, I'm excited about that as most things (laughs) so uh like i said if you get a chance jump on and and do that and if you've already done it and you're back then awesome we're going to get right into john chapter 8 you guys ready? ready ready all right let's do it jesus returned to the mount of olives but early the next morning he was back again at the temple A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him, but Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again and said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, "Neither do I. Go and sin no more." Now, you guys uh, have both been senior pastors. Uh, technically, I think your title is still senior pastor, but but when I say that, the the traditional sense of pastoring and senior pastoring means that like, you know that head guy. So, you guys have spent many years teaching. Have you ever preached on this message? <laughs> Turn <laughs> this text more than once <laughs> yeah. this page is worn out <laughs> i was gonna say so um so what what do you guys normally talk about when you talk about this passage
1: well the uh the interesting part to me is that it says the teachers of the law caught the woman in adultery and i always ask the question if you're the teacher of the law, where were you and how were you there that you caught the woman <laughs> in the very act? Yeah. Uh, there's just something that smells fishy about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. yeah.
0: Yeah, I can see
2: that. What was your normal take on it, John? Uh, well, of course, you can look at it from a, a variety of uh, perspectives, but primarily, uh, bringing out the tendency to be condemning and judgmental of others mm-hmm. when we all basically have sinned, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the compassion and mercy of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, that uh, technically it was an overview of his, ho- of his total mission mm. to come to the lost and to be their Savior, yeah. not to condemn. John 17, he didn't come into the world to condemn the world, that the world through him might be saved. And uh, I think it's interesting, uh, he didn't address her sin. Right. You know, religion always tries to point out the fault to try and make us feel better because we look better in our eyes than than they do and always trying to, um, through the whole self-interest and self-focus, to appear better than everybody else. Um, but, of course, Jesus saw that, cut right through that went to the very heart of the issue, and that was their own sin. Mm-hmm. And whatever he wrote in the ground, we don't know. But uh, always play upon that—that that maybe he wrote out their sins and they recognize, hey, he's got us now. So we, we, what are we going to do, right? Or the names of all the guys that uh, had been with this had woman. been with the woman, sure. sure.
0: I mean, lots of fun things to speculate, yeah, right? On that. <laughs> and, yeah, and,
2: and when it's not stated, you can sort of add your imagination to it. Mm. But obviously, something was there in the context of their, that encounter that brought them under conviction when they couldn't throw a stone when he confronted them in their own issue of sin. Yeah. Um, but just the fact that he he came not to condemn us in our sin, but to forgive us. So he didn't reference the sin because he was the one who going to take care of the sin. Right. And uh, and the liberty that came to the woman, uh, not because the people went away, but because the Redeemer mm-hmm. technically forgave her and empowered her to go and live a, live a new life. So yeah. it's, to me, just an overview of the whole aspect of the whole gospel message.
0: Sure, yeah. It's interesting because, you know, I told you guys I don't normally take any pre-notes when I sit down. I just talk from my mm-hmm. guts. And I, so I just kind of did that this morning, <laughs> Talked from my guts to myself.
1: Good, <laughs> okay. Just wrote down a couple of things, but here was,
0: here was one of the things that I found intriguing to this. I really saw this, this first line or the, you know, the first part where they wanted to trap Jesus and thinking about the fact that they wanted to trap him. And then I thought about the culture war that we're in today and how often somebody will come to me personally and try to trap me into making a statement of conviction that culturally yeah. is going to go against, you know, or every day, you know what I'm saying? Sure. And and so that's, that really intrigued me um, because Jesus handled it um, in such an amazing way. Cause, cause what did they say? Right. They trap him with, with, okay, well, great teacher with sarcasm. Mm-hmm. Um, the law says we do this. What do you say? And so they're just trying to get it. it's like when somebody asks me, hey, is this a sin? And, and you know, or, or, you know, Christians, blah, 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 blah. What do you say? And, mm-hmm. I, and usually I tell them, well, what I say is irrelevant. What does God say? <laughs> yeah. but, but, you know, I mean, what do you guys,
1: do you guys yeah. see that? Sure. Go ahead. You know, um, I, I, I think there's a place where we have to separate. There's, there's religion. There's Christian religion. And there's Christianity Mm. and there's a lot of people in our audience over time that are in some place of deconstruction and their problem is not with Christianity their problem is not with Christ likeness mm-hmm. so their pro- their issue is not going to be with the Jesus who writes in the dirt and says where's your accusers neither do I condemn thee their problem is, is is with the religious teacher that is practicing politics and entrapment and 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 seeking to use someone for their own gain and all of that and and that's where you say hey this is this is the perfect opportunity to say uh don't don't practice the Christian religion uh if you want to rebel against the Christian religion that's fine because you're rebelling against religion but don't rebel against Christianity yeah don't don't rebel against true Christ likeness and you have to be able to see the difference between the two and it's illustrated so well right here in Jesus response mm-hmm
2: well, I think uh, playing this out of my mind, and even situations that I myself have been engaged with in those uh, entrapment moments, mm. you know, my focus has always been, well, you know, they say, is such and such a sin? Mm-hmm. Well, I say, is anger a sin? Is gluttony a sin? You know, what does the Bible say? Point them back to that indisputable word. Because, mm. you know, Spirits of what we'll say religion—they want to get involved in some kind of uh, rational conversation or debate. Mm-hmm. But God's not rational. Right? God is supernatural, <laughs> and His Word is a living supernatural Word. And Jesus was a supernatural Savior. He wasn't just a man, though; He was God in the flesh. But He approached everything from the perspective of the Father yeah. and the truth, not man's opinion. And most of us get in trouble because we give our opinion, whereas if we go back to the truth and point them back to the Word of God. If you want to argue argue with God, I believe what the Bible says. That's where I stand. Right. So trying to defuse just an argument. Mm-hmm. I know there's an element of apologetics of debating or of giving position, giving your position and stating your position in apologetics. Uh, which is okay if the person you're dealing with is truly seeking to know truth. Yeah. But yeah. if they're just wanting a point of argument, you never win. Right. Yeah. And that's the culture we're in today. You can't communicate with certain aspects or certain mindsets of people. They won't even listen to you. They want to right. drown you out. They don't want to hear the alter opinion because they're not really after truth. They're just wanting to impose their view or their beliefs mm-hmm. on the culture, Right. So uh I think again, falling back upon Jesus and what the scripture says, argue with God if you choose. I'm not gonna argue with God. I choose to believe what he said is true. Mm-hmm. And so that's sort of how I've tried to defuse situations like that. Well, and and I you know, obviously, yes, Jesus handled the situation
0: in an in an amazingly flawless way because he didn't at any point excuse her sin. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Now what's even more interesting as we get further down, he says Neither do I condemn you, right, right? right? But, but even in the moment to them, he didn't excuse the sin. He didn't right. address the sin, as you pointed out. He simply said, "Yeah, okay, cool. So, the, so whichever one of you here is without sin, you go ahead and throw the first stone." He he said, "Yes, go ahead and do it." Right. And, and I think that that's the thing. Like, he just turns it. He doesn't even address it. He doesn't get in that argumentative position.
2: Right. And I, my goodness, can we learn from this? Sure. Well, and <laughs> I mean, and as you on. were talking, just thinking of the fact, the issue here is not the sin, it's the Savior. Right. It's the forgiving grace that he brings. And so, again, somebody comes trying to get into a debate about what is sin, what isn't sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we can flip it to, well, we do have a Savior who forgives of all sin. He yeah. Jesus can take care of any sin. So the issue is not with our sin. The issue is, do you have a Savior? Who mm-hmm. so are you believing in, trusting in? Right.
1: He, he spoke to her future, and uh, of course, we do a podcast talking about mentoring, and that's yeah. the key issue is, is you speak to someone's future more than you do their past, and and that's what Jesus did. He he spoke to her future, um, and it's it's not so much that he that he he did yes. confront her sin, is that. When you look at her future in in what God intends for her life, what she's done in her past is no longer relevant,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, so He's He's empowering her to go forth and change her identity. And when your identity's changed, your behavior changes. Uh, you're talking about people ask you, sort of trying mm-hmm. to entrap you, mm-hmm. if if this behavior is a sin. And, and I always say, sin is never about behavior. Sin is always about identity. Sure. And then your behavior flows out of your identity. So if you change your identity, you change your behavior. Yeah. So these let's, next
0: the next sessions we do are going to deal with that yeah. big time. Let's yeah. not
1: let's not fight over behaviors. Mm-hmm. Let's deal with identity. And, and that's exactly what he does.
0: Yeah, I that that kind of kicks into the second half of what really stuck out to me in all this. Because, like I said, when we get into these next verses after this session, um, identity is at the root of all of it. And, uh, I mean, it's at the root of most everything, but mm-hmm. <laughs> but it really comes out. Mm-hmm. But here's something that, that again, I was kind of reminded of, just what I personally have dealt with in my life. And, and I just, and, you know, this scripture, he says, um, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. Neither do I condemn you. And that's the thing. He says, where are your accusers? Mm Because he's not one. And he never said he was one, right? Mm -hmm. He's just, where are your accusers? And he doesn't condemn. And I thought of, man, how much... I heard a story. um, Jordan Peterson was talking about um, telling a story. And he got really choked up. It was about depression and... This uh, grandmother had lost her granddaughter to suicide, and he was talking with her, and she was just beating herself up, saying, "I'm a terrible grandmother," you know, so on and so forth. What could I have done to to prevent this? And he said to her, "He said, um, did did you get on your husband? Did you tell him what an awful grandfather he is?" Yeah. And she said, of course not. She goes, then why why are you doing it to yourself? Mm-hmm. And that, it was just a really good picture because we tend to do that, right? Yeah. We We look at ourselves, and this was my issue, is I beat myself up when I fall short. And I think, you know, you go, it's easy when you're younger, you look at sin in a very black and white, clear-cut way. Um, you know if you do this it's wrong you do this is wrong you do this it's wrong today it's sin for me is is a is a conviction pure conviction not not a head knowledge to know this is wrong but I'm convicted it if to another person it maybe wouldn't be sin at all because it's a conviction of being out of obedience right it may be it's sinful for me right to hear god say hey i want you to go pray for this woman and i don't Mm-hmm. Right. I've missed the mark. Mm-hmm. By definition, I have missed the mark and I was disobedient to God. That's called sinning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's not, you know, I think the world we live in today is, is all about, you know, sexual immorality or or doing things you shouldn't do. The, the Big Ten, as we would say, and, and leaving it at that. But the Big Ten doesn't deal with the heart. Right. And so I say that to say that, man, this is what I struggle with the most. What was going to happen to her? Was she was gonna get stoned, not not get high on drugs, but <laughs> get stoned? Mm. That was the first message I ever preached, by the way. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, it was called "Let's Get Stoned," and it was over Stephen. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah. It was a youth group message, of course, but yeah. it works. It works. Um, but uh, but no, she was gonna be stoned for being caught in adultery, and 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 in the same way, I have a tendency to look at when I fall short. And, I, and something negative happens in my life, I attribute it to me being sinful. Sure. Speak to that, because, like, Wayne especially, you're a grace guy. Tell me why I'm wrong.
1: <laughs> um, you know, uh, Satan is the accuser of the brethren. And you go back to the garden, and, and Eve is having this conversation, and she is accusing herself of not being worthy of, of not being made in the image of God, and she's pulled out of Adam's side. She's, she's in the image of God as much as Adam is. Um, we, we, all, we all have that same temptation, that same battle uh, of, of who we are. And, and we, we do the wrong thing because we don't know who we are. Uh, but, but consistently we lie. We, we are our own accuser. Uh, we accuse people. Because we want to lessen the burden of our self accusation,
0: mm.
1: and uh, that's that's the sad part. the The, the Pharisee was was self righteous because he obeyed the law, and so by his pointing out somebody else's transgression, he felt like he was free from examination. Wow, that's and, huge. Uh, you know, we need to. Uh, we need to let our brother off the hook, and we need to let ourselves off the hook, and we need to go back and and hear the pure voice of God that says who we are and who we are in relationship to Him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and we don't do that enough. Yeah. Well, that's why we
2: need His transforming grace. Yes, we cannot do it for ourselves. You know, you go back to the Garden of Eden, and um, God God comes into the garden after they had made a choice against what God told them to do. And he said, who told you you were naked? Yeah. So the point is, in Christ, there's no self. Yeah. It's all God, right? When they sin, they become self-conscious. Self became predominant. And then we go through life dealing with that whole self-perception and perspective and trying to appear a certain way and act a certain way and measure up a certain way and all this which technically there's no redemption in that because that's living by the law. Who can ever save themselves, right? So here comes Christ who looks at her not as an adulteress, but one who he can impart grace and forgiveness to. And uh, from that point on, I think when he said, I don't condemn you, go and quote sin no more, I think he imparted a grace to her that enabled her to be transformed Mm. to where now she didn't see herself in the same way. And she had this capacity now to live in a different state of mind in awareness of praising and honoring honoring God rather than seeking her own her own self uh, survival self achievement accomplishment whatever mm-hmm. so you know to me that's the whole essence of uh, the gospel narrative is man trying to save himself once he enters into sin how do I get out of this yeah. mm-hmm. versus here comes God who in- inserts himself into that mm-hmm. and says i'm i'm the way, the truth, and the life, right? So come to me. And when we come to him, in him and in the redemptive grace, sin technically has no issue anymore.
0: Because
2: mm-hmm. when he died for sin, he died for past, present, future sin. It's all yeah. in the atonement, right? Uh, and so, so he says, well, then you can just go ahead and sin. No, he, he teaches that in his grace, he gives us the power to live in a new way. And so it's not, you know, John goes later and talks in one of his letters that if you keep on sinning, you really don't know him at all mm-hmm. because there's there's not a tendency to it's trying. It's illogical. It's illogical. If you know God
0: right. and you desire to sin, something isn't right. It's like if you have an electric car and you put diesel fuel in it, <laughs> It's, it's not an electric car. There's operate. no unless you're just filling that's, up the trunk. That's right. That's <laughs> and, right. And I think that's what people understand this this argument that says you know where where someone's coming in, going well. You can't judge my heart. No, I'm not judging your heart. Right. I'm saying it's incongruent. Like right. this doesn't work. Right. It's you can't stick a magnet on aluminum. Yeah. It it just <laughs>
2: doesn't work. <laughs> well, And in in one of these next uh, sections, the Lord talks about this agreement to being agreed, right? Yeah. Him and his Father, right? Uh. But I think what sometimes, and I've talked to my son about this a lot, our lead pastor, that what is taken out of the narrative in in my opinion in sort of a lot of Western um, cultured Christianity is the reality of death to self and new life in Christ. It's not a self-improvement religion. Mm -hmm. It's not trying to be better Mm -hmm. because now I know God loves me. Mm -hmm. It's living by the power of his love, not by my own effort, so to speak, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's a state that we can all come to. You know, Hebrew says, learn to enter into that rest, Mm. You know that Jesus provides us. So um, the tendency to me is the whole self-annihilation thing. You know, we, we we'll we'll self-destruct trying to live out all of this. We'll mm-hmm. kill ourselves in many ways, versus willingly dying in Him, giving ourselves up to Him on the cross yeah. and becoming new creation. Then living by that power that's within us. Yeah. It it comes back down
0: to, you kind of have two ways to take this, right? You can either self-condemn, which tends to be my, my uh, poison, (laughs) if you will. And then the other one is, you know, biblical virtue signaling. I mean, it's, it's the self-righteousness. It's, it it just reminded me so much, like thinking about this, um, you know, the Pharisees just come in with this arrogance. You can just read it on the page. Mm -hmm. And, and it reminds me, you know, in the world of social media, I especially back in, in 2020, when there was so much going on and in, um, in the terms of race, I had this, this friend, Facebook friend posted, um, she's a, a white woman. And she said, we need to um, apologize for something or other. And, and I thought I was confused by it. Cause I'm like, what? Well, I don't have to apologize for anything. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm not a racist human. <laughs> to mm-hmm. my knowledge for mm-hmm. sure, but I'm just saying. And so I'm like, why what is going on here? What drives a person to on social media post we an all inclusive statement? Maybe and then I thought, I mean, my natural progression said, you need to. Maybe you need to. I don't know your heart. Right. And that's when it hit me. Absolutely, she does. And absolutely, she is racist in her heart. That's why she's convicted. And she says everybody else should do this. And I thought, well, that's an interesting thing because, you know, pastors often do this, right? I'm certainly uh, prone to this. I'm going to talk about rest a lot. That's going to be in the basis of most of my messages because why? I struggle with rest. Right. And most people who speak all the time, they speak on the thing that they struggle with. Mm -hmm. Same kind of deal. I don't think it's just pastors. I think it's everybody. And so when you see somebody virtue signaling, whatever it's about, you know, how many times are we going to find someone sticking up for um, a single mother who chooses to have an abortion? Um, A lot of times the people who are sticking up for her. I mean, if they're women, especially, which we absolutely can define a woman. I don't know. Just in case yeah, right. anyone's wondering. I think um, I know. I think I know. not <laughs> uh, one. <laughs> that is true. But, but if they're sticking up for them, there's a good chance that they have that own challenge. Not when I say sticking up for them. I mean, nobody should be attacking that. <laughs> that right. sure. That's not my point. Sure. But, but just the idea, like whatever whatever the conflict is, we rise to that occasion. Some of us as defenders... By nature, but others because of their own conviction, and we out of your own conviction, you spew what others should be doing, um, or you say you should this, you need to do this, and this is like the crux of church leadership, and and not I mean the the institutional church leadership. Yeah, I don't know. The
1: the the, the this situation is. Uh, you mentioned the word self righteousness again before and And that self righteousness is rooted in the concept of good and evil, mm-hmm. not in life, yeah, and so they they were exposing the woman who was evil, mm-hmm. and to them it was good to expose that and cleanse. Uh, their society from that evil, and they're practicing good and evil, and Jesus, on the contrary, is practicing life. He's saying, look, I don't condemn you, but there is a life different than what you're living, and uh, too often, uh, traditional church over the years has, has been caught living from the concept of good and evil and not living from uh, the, the, the life of Christ and, and what that entails.
0: Yeah, that's good. Well, we've only got about three minutes and change. John, do you have anything you want to add?
2: No, just uh, thinking about what Wayne, Wayne was talking about. Again, um, that, whole, that whole issue of life versus good and evil. Jesus said there's only one good. Don't yeah. call even me good. Yeah, the Father right. is good, so in goodness there is no evil. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. when we come to Christ and we receive that nature, that 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 life of Christ into us, it shifts us in a sense that we don't look for black and white. We don't look what can I get away with, what what can I not get away with. Yeah. We're living out of His life, right? And in Him, it's good. It's all good. There you go. And if there is a, a, an apparent evil. His grace is sufficient to deal with it unless we take hold of it and begin to work it into our mindset or into our essence of life again. So um, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, right, who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. And so I think this is the maturity where the church and and all of us have to come up into, Mm -hmm. to where there's this this identity in Him that we are Him and He he is us. We are one with Christ. This stuff out here has no relevance to me anymore. Unless I want to make it relevant, then it begin becomes a bondage. It begins to control me and manipulate me, which is what the whole aspect of deception is that the devil wants anyway. Yeah. You know, and so um, I'm just thank, thankful that God loved us enough to come to us right. in Jesus and, and say to you, to me and you, I don't condemn you. Yeah, just just go and sin no more. Live live in the life that I'm imparting unto you, right? Yeah, yeah. That's and that's the beautiful thing of all of it. I mean. Um,
0: Wayne, I really think, to me, the the takeaway from the whole thing really comes down to that, that Jesus is about life. And if we just keep our, our minds, our hearts, our everything fixed on him, this other stuff takes care of itself, which is why this is kind of one of our core values. You know who you are, you be who you are, and you listen to God's voice and do what he says, and you will live a life of rest without any kind of freak outs. You know what I'm saying? That is so true. (laughs) Anyway, I want to thank you guys for being a part of this. I'm looking forward to the next couple sessions where we dive into this more. Um, uh, Wayne, why don't you pray for us?
1: Father, we just thank you today for your spirit that speaks truth into our lives. And we just pray that you would silence the voice of the accuser uh, in our own lives and our self-condemnation. Help us to repel the voice from others and hear your voice that speaks only truth to us, tells us who we are so that we can be who we are. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: amen. Thank you so much for joining us on this, uh, another edition of the Redux Conversations. If you feel led by God to support us financially, you can do so. Just go to redux.church and uh, there's ways to do that there. Also, whether you feel led by God or not, I'm going to ask you to pray for us and keep us yes. uh, in the forefront of that. And if this has helped you in any way, shape, or form, share this video with somebody else. Um, Because if it helped you, it's going to help somebody else. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.